Happy New Year, everyone. I'm Jane Neal, producer of the Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast. And whether you're taking a break or working through, we do hope you're having a wonderful summer. Caro and Corey are going to be back with brand new episodes in a couple of weeks. Now, did you know we've also got a little sister podcast called The Book Pod? Well, we'd love you to subscribe to The Book Pod in your podcast app. But for now, we're sharing episodes here in the Don't Shoot the Messenger feed so you don't miss out. I hope you enjoy our first Book Pod book club episode with me, Corey Perkin and Caroline Wilson. Welcome everybody to this very special episode of The Book Pod. This is our very first book club episode and the book that we are studying today is Home Fire by Camilla Shamsi, which in 2018 won the Women's Prize for Fiction, which in my view is probably the most prestigious award for fiction globally, I would say. That would be my choice. What do you think, Jane? What did you think of the book? I love this book, Corey. And I think I've mentioned to you on the book pod a couple of times before that it is just not something I would have chosen. It is not something I would necessarily go, huh, I really want to immerse myself in the tangle of life for a UK Muslim person. And that's the, I, that just and wouldn't have that, gone there. But isn't that the point of book club? <laughs> Absolutely. We are joined by a very special guest today. And of course, it's our friend from Don't Shoot the Messenger, Caroline Wilson. Hello, Caro. Hello, ladies. It's lovely to have you here. And you're, you are going to be our regular on the Book Pod Book Club. Corrie, um, you think this is the most prestigious book award in the world, or you mean for women? No. Overall, that's my view. You think it's a, a more important prize than the Pulitzer, the Booker? I do. The Pulitzer is just for American writers, and the Man Booker Prize, now that it has been opened up outside the Commonwealth countries, has, I feel, been watered down, and it's become such a fight between the different publishing houses because you've got the big US-based houses and the English uh, publishing houses all putting forward are so many different books and jockeying for positions. There's a lot of politicking. I think this Women's Prize, which was originally the Orange Prize and the Bailey's Prize, so it's yep. been going for a fair period of time. It For me, it has the most honest uh, references, I think, for but, this but award. No, but it leaves out every male author in the world, so well. obviously... <laughs> Well, what can I say? No, I'm just looking on the purity of on the side of the purity. Okay, of it. no, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I, I love this book too. Never a dud either. Never a dud, Carol. Have no. you ever read a woman's prize or orange prize, Bailey's prize book that you haven't no. enjoyed? And and they and they do unearth books that I never would have normally read. Brendan was given this book for his birthday by our friend Sal Loder, and I and she said, look, I never would have read it. Exactly what Jane said. I loved it. I didn't really know what to give Brendan, but I just wanted to give him this book because I loved it so much. It's a reworking as. I'm sure everybody knows of Antigone, the Sophocles play. In fact, I think Euripides also wrote an Antigone Antigone version. Most of it was lost. And there was a reworking in the 1950s, which this book is more based on, I reckon, Jane. Well, for those who maybe don't just study classics and brush up on the classics, I did yep. quickly Google Antigone. I do remember from Year 12. But, um, of course, in that Greek play, it's the struggle of Antigone's torment when she's forbidden to bury her brother. Is it Polynesis? Yeah, Polynesis. Mm, after he's declared to be a traitor. So I think, you know, there's a lot of different themes in the, in that play, but I think that's probably the main one that Shamsi's reworked. So, yeah. for, so for people who haven't read this book, um, well, 
come on board and join the BookPod Book Club. But it is set in contemporary uh, London, a Pakistani-British family. Uh, the father and mother have both died, and the older sister, Isma, is a budding academic who is just about to embark on a on a study tour to America, and her two younger siblings, twins, Anika and Pavies. And Anika is a very beautiful, also studious woman. I guess they're about 20 or 21 years of age. It's hard to... I, I couldn't find a, an age Ani- No, Anika two. and Pavies are 19. 19, are they? Yep. Okay. And Pavies is, is a little lost. He is not academically as uh, smart as his sisters. He is not really sure where he's going in the world. And through the local soccer club, he, bef- he is befriended by a group of other Muslim young men and particularly a rather menacing older man. And before we know it, he is seconded to ISIS and he doesn't even realise it and he's off to the Middle East uh, where he becomes involved in the ISIS movement. And he, He's groomed, basically. He, he is. That, that, that section, and he wants to get out. The section where he is groomed by um, the menacing older man who uses the memory of his late father to completely con him is just you, you read it with a sense of intend, impending doom and and illness. I love the way it's broken up into all the main characters. Um, I love the character um, of Isma, the older sister, and her story. I love the character of um, Karamit Lone, who I think is the British Home Secretary, who is also a Pakistani, made good, who is seen by many as a traitor, seen by others with fear and menace because he is Pakistani by birth, by, by origin. But he's the King Creon character, I guess, from Antigone. Yes. Yes, he is. And he's torn. But it, 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 it is a great story about the divided loyalties between family and state. I'm with you. I love the politician character and I love his wife too, who's not in it a lot, Terry, Terry. Yep. who I, you get the feeling that she's like a, um, a mini Terence Conran sort of woman, that she's established this homewares interior design business. She's, she's a real goer. And she's uh, she's British born, and she can see her. her she's American born. American born, sorry. Yeah. And she can see her husband's uh, um, faults and defects as well as his strengths. He is a very charismatic leader, and people are actually talking about him as the future PM, as Home Secretary. Of course, this story of the uh, the boy, the London boy who has gone to us, gone to the Middle East, and been you know taken over by this whole ISIS movement, and the sisters' attempts to bring him home. Um, he is really torn between what he should be doing for the nation in terms of security and what he should be doing um, because, of course, his son falls in love with one of the girls. So it's just on so many levels, Caro. But we do have uh, some correspondence from our gang, which is really great. We we do urge people to jump on board with this book club idea, and it's so easy to uh, send us a message via email or, in fact, a voicemail like Mindy Williams has, uh, our first caller, Jane. I actually wasn't going to read Camilla Shamsi's Home Fire until I heard Corrie talk about it on the book pod. It made me want to read it. Without a doubt, it's a novel for the times. I was initially put off by the description that it was a clever retelling of Antigone, but I really can't recommend it highly enough. It's about the personal and the political, and it's particularly relevant, I think, these days when the M word, Muslim, conjures the polarisation it does and has in society broadly and on an individual level too. For me, it was a book that perfectly illustrated what it means to be the other, the humiliation that Isma, the main character, experiences when she's interrogated by officials at the airport um, when she's going to the USA to study, 
is just awful and tangible. It's also a book about the love between siblings when there's no parents to help them navigate life. And in the case of the three characters, Isma, Anika and Pave, it's further complicated by their dead father's shameful, not to mention inconvenient, legacy of fighting for the wrong side. When Pave, the brother, is groomed and radicalised, we learn that it can happen with relative ease. His conversion and destruction is a cautionary tale on the marginalisation for all of us living in the West. It's also a story of romantic love against the odds and also the push-me-pull-you tussle of parental love and the desire for power and acceptance. Yet despite the clouds of the betrayal that threatens all the characters in the book, it's love that prevails that's notwithstanding the tragic and utterly futile ending. The single-page chapters on the reality of grief that appear towards the end of the book particularly struck me. Powerful and primeval, they bring into sharp relief the pain and futility when life stars do not align. It's a great book, Corrie. Keep them coming. I love that from Melinda. Thank you so much for sending that in. Easy to do via the email. Incredible. I just want to make one point, and Mindy jogged, Melinda jogged me onto this one. The women in this book are so much more <clears throat> at ease in their own skin than the men. Mm-hmm. And the men, you know, Parves is the the weakest of the family by far and the most aimless, as is the son of Karen Malone, um, compared to his sister, who has become a very successful young woman. Um, I think that... It, it is actually looking at, um, I think, not the aimlessness, but the confusion st- suffered by men in the 21st century and certainly Muslim men who have to reinvent themselves. I, I really found that quite um, – and also it's a savage, savage comment on modern media and social media and the way people are judged and the way opinion can completely do a full 180 degrees overnight. And Cara, you mentioned before when, you know, the grooming sort of elements of, of the story where you get that gut feeling. Uh, what Melinda referred to as, as well there was a scene quite early in the book where we go through airport security with Isma on her way from the UK to the US, legitimately <coughs> studying and quite, you know, valid passport holder and, and getting held, getting with a sponsor. In, interrogated. Yeah. It's, it's the fear of the other. Oh, and it really put me in a place where I was like, you know what? I never think about this. I just waltz through a, yeah. a security checkpoint at an airport and I never think about this. But you can sort I mean, her father was a terrorist. Mm. He is, although he is British born, he is of Pakistani descent. And you can, and, and in these times, you can understand why it happened. But it's mm. horrific. Yeah. And, it's still and horrific. To have writing that actually takes you in there quite sparsely. I don't think it sort of overdoes the. Um, you know, description. We fe- and we feel her fear and we feel her yeah. need to to be compliant. And the frustration that that's just how life is. Someone in your family has stuffed up along the way and you now forever are tarred with the same brush. Mm. The descriptions of London too in the springtime are absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's a beautifully lyrical book on many levels. But boy, oh, Corrie, it's so sad. It is a sad book. We'll get to some more of our comments that Thanks, have come Melinda through. Williams. And I, look, it's just great having that audio <laughs> comment too. This one came from Robin Gibbons. I loved it. Really enjoyed the structure of the book with each section chapter focused on a different character. I thought the author showed great skill in making the reader think about how easy it is to judge 
people for their actions and behaviour without the benefit of knowing what has led to the actions or behaviour. Thanks so much for the opportunity to participate. Looking forward to the podcast episode. Thank you very much, Robin Gibbons. Thank you, Robin. And then we have one from Danica via email again, Jane and Caro. And Danica says, Home Fire is one of the most thought-provoking books I've read this year. So beautifully written, Camilla Shamsi has a clever knack for keeping the reader compelled, a style which only intensified as the lives of the three siblings, Isma, Anika and Pavez unfold. A modern spin on Sophocles' ancient Greek tragedy Antigone, something I wasn't aware of until later. Home Fire is a topical novel which played on my emotions, ethics and morals. Its themes are so very relatable to life the world over in 2018. And she goes on to just say what a fan she is of the book. I'm so pleased that that um, has resonated with everyone. And speaking of awards, it is disappointing that I'm surprised it was only long-listed for the Man Booker. I was too. It should have. It should, I think you made that comment at the time, Corrie. I, one of my favourite scenes, and we didn't really see enough of Isma, I felt, after the the big section on her at the start of the book when she goes and lives in um, on the east coast of America and meets the son of Karen Matlone, becomes his friend before what happens with the sister. But um, it's a scene where she goes and visits Karen Matlone and they sit at his kitchen bench and he's drinking the expensive red wine that she knocks back and then he stops drinking it. It's a very brief exchange, but I thought it was just so beautifully written. So I, think, I think she's written. a magnificent writer. And this yep. is her seventh book, and she's only, I think she's about 40 years of age. So we have many, many books, I think, of Camilla Shamsi's to read. So well done, everyone. And we'll tell you in a moment about how to join the book pod and um, get in touch with us. But uh, the next book, Caro and Jane, that you will be reading over summer, you two, is Jane Harper's The Lost Man. Already read it. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I'm glad you've done your homework already. Caro, get knitting. Um, Jane Harper, of course, was our uh, guest on episode five of The Book Pod. We had a wonderful chat with her. Jane Harper, of course, is the award-winning author of The Dry. And her new book, The Lost Man, is, I think, a really excellent book for us to talk about over summer. Our next book pod, book club episode, will be in late January. So everybody has a few weeks to read. And, Caro, oh, get reading, honey. <laughs> I will. I was going to say, don't shoot the messenger, but I will. Well, you've um, already you've given Brendan the book, so I've got no, there you, no, excuses. no excuse. And, Jane, how can people, when they've read The Lost Man, get in touch with us with their comments? We'll have all of the details in the show notes, including some links. So just go on your podcast app, and it's super easy to link through. But it's feedback at thebookpod.com.au via the Don't Shoot the Messengers Facebook page, Twitter, or on Instagram, all of those links in the show notes. Thank you, Jane, and thank you, Caro, and happy reading, everyone. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast via the Don't Shoot the Messenger feed, please, please subscribe to the Book Pod in your podcasting app or wherever you listen. We've got some fantastic interviews coming up and there's six episodes for you to binge listen to. There's episode one, A Surreal Strange Feeling with author Leanne Moriarty. You mind your friends or, or people you meet often? Yes. Oh, oh, I mind them terribly. Yes. <laughs> so, so I mind anybody I meet for anything I can get. Yes. Yes. There's probably nothing left in all my poor friends. I've taken everything they've got to give or they're prepared to give. Episode two with journalist and writer Laura Tingle titled, I Hate the Way We're Played. I think I've sort of, you know, fancied myself in that sort of delusional 19-year-old way. Corrie is, you know, a war correspondent wearing a you know, flak jacket, you know, which was sort of fairly hilarious because I'm a complete chicken. In 
episode three, professional golfers are mostly psychotic, former pro golfer Mike Clayton and golf writer Charlie Happel share stories from the green with Corey Perkin. You need to have a, a major in psychology. You need the skin of a rhinoceros. You need the motivational powers of Winston Churchill. You need all this stuff wrapped up in... Uh, a bag carrier. We spend an hour with Australian feminist icon Anne Summers in her hotel room in episode four, Unfettered and Alive. We've gone from that period during the 90s of I'm not a feminist, but now everyone's a feminist and it, maybe it's diluted. No, no, what do you mean by that? I mean, if, if Rihanna and Beyonce and every politician you can think of is calling themselves a feminist, uh, what does that mean and what do they mean when they say that? In episode five, we find out why Jane Harper absolutely loved writing her new novel, The Lost Man, which is our next book club read. It was an absolute joy and I still, I'm almost sorry the book is finished because I still think about the characters. What a lovely thing to hear. I know, I know. And in episode six, we embrace the chaos with Marcus Suzak and find out how it could have possibly taken him more than a decade to write the follow-up to his international bestseller, The Book. Thief. It was 13 years between Drinks. The Book Thief and Bridge of Clay, but I first got the idea when I was 20 years old, and I even wrote it when I was 21 or 22, and it's unrecognisable to, to this book. Subscribe to The Book Pod now, wherever you listen to podcasts.